We, we talk about the things that are important to us. We enjoy, you know, and when I say something that's important to us, many, there are many things in, in our lives that bring us joy, and there are many people and opportunities that we have, and I just keep talking until they sit down. Don't worry about that. And uh, <laughs> I was thinking this morning, I was talking to my wife, I said, I thought about something that, uh, that I became passionate about. I remember a time when, when, when there was something special in my life. I remember when I first gave my heart to Christ. And most of you know I was just a young, uh, just a young Marine at the time. And, uh, you know, I was a welder. Uh, and I didn't, you know, and had this thing going on inside of me. You know, I'd just given my heart to Christ and... Thing, life was changing so dramatically, and, and I just wanted to express that. Have you ever felt like you needed to express yourself? And uh, I just didn't know how to do that. And so I went into the shop, and there was this big old piece of th- half-inch half plate steel. And I remember, uh, I remember striking the, the, my torch and cutting out a cross. Now, this piece of steel, and I still have it with me today. That was 1973. It was like, it's, you know, I was looking for it this morning. It's somewhere in my garage, but I still have it. But I remember kind of a strange, uh, maybe a, an expression of my passion. But I was a metal guy. And, this, and, and it's kind of rough, and it's pitted with rust and everything else. It was like that when I picked it up and cut it out of the, out of the metal. But just... Some of the things that we do as a result of passion, okay? As a result of, you might say, can I, can I equate in some respects passion with fire? We, we understand that, don't we? Fire of our passion, the fire of our love, the fire of, of what, what, what is going on inside of us. We've been talking about God's passion. Last week we talked about God's passion. And we came to the conclusion that, that if, if God was passionate about anything, it was you. Okay? If God's passionate about anything, it's you. Yeah? He created the heavens and the earth, and we can read about that in, in, in the book of Genesis. And what we find is that I think all of creation is some form or fashion uh, reflects God's glory. When I say God's glory, his image is some, something about him. Whether it's, it's the way he thinks, his concept of beauty, his concept of life, you know, it represents his glory, all of creation. Okay? But there was one place, where, and you might say the crowning achievement of his creation was, was, was you. Was you. In that, in that moment when he says, you know, as he looked around, and I guess I'm paraphrasing here, I may be adding some stuff, but I don't think so, uh, considering I've read the rest of the book, that he didn't think that the world all by itself without you was complete. So he created Adam, and even that wasn't good enough. He had to have Eve, you know. He looked at Adam laying there, said, it's not good that this guy would be alone. I kind of like to stop it. This is not good. That this man be alone. <laughs> and, and, and we know that, man, right? We know that. We know that. That we need a helpmate. We have somebody. And God's passion finds, if God's passionate about anything, it's a passion about you, about, the, about humanity, and all that all that, that means. And uh, uh, th- today I wanted to talk about standing near the fire, kind of an interesting little 
uh, way to um, kind of launch uh, an idea, and we find it in Scripture. I'm going to take this off. Standing near the fire. And that's, and, 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 and in many respects, I'm talking about the passion of God in us. It comes, the, any passion that we have for, for the good things, I, I think it's going to ultimately come from our Heavenly Father. And I want to look at some, some, some scriptures today, and I want to pull this together, and hopefully it'll make, uh, it'll have, you'll have use for this. This will impact you. This will, in a sense, set some people free. This, in a sense, will give people guidance, some direction about, uh, you know, what they're doing, where they're doing. I was reading a kind of a, a blog this morning. Some pastor said, look, I kind of lost my edge. Kind of lost my edge. And uh, he was talking about his passion. And... Uh, and he, was, and he was relating that. And one of the things that he, he mentioned was a, was a song. Ah, some of you are too, really too young to remember this one. I'm showing my age. Of course, you knew what my age was already, right? Andre Crouch and the disciples did a song called Take Me Back, Take Me Back to the Place Where I First Believed. Okay? The loss of passion... The loss of a, of a first love is something that each and every one of us wrestle with. Right? Or will experience either one time, I would say probably many times. Because we're in this warfare, we're living in this world. Okay? With the Holy Spirit, if you're, if you're a Christian, if you've given your heart to Christ, you have the Holy Spirit within you. Okay? But you're going to wrestle because of, of, of living in this world and all the influences of this world and all the pressures of this world. You're going to wrestle with having that passion for Christ. Okay? Anybody with me on that? Am I, am I, am I the only one that's kind of gotten cold before? Kind of so, where did, where, you know, wait a second. I remember I really loved God. I really loved him. I really wanted him. And now I'm, I find myself kind of slipping back and kind of feeling really lethargic about Jesus. Really lethargic about something that was very, very, just like a guiding light in my life. Okay? okay? And, and the, scripture, the scripture talks about this over and over and over. And the, one of the places where it's really focused on this is uh, where, where in the book of Revelation, is not up here, uh, where, where, where God's speaking to one of the churches, he says, I've got this thing against you. You've lost your first love. Now, that's not all that unique. But what's, what's, a, what's a, a jewel in here is, is the, instruction, the instructions that he gives to the church. He says, go back and do the things that you did in the beginning. Okay? Anybody, anybody who has started on a project and never looked at the instructions understands, go back to the beginning. Because you get halfway through and say, man, maybe I should have looked at the instructions. Okay? This is a little different. This is a little different because, you know, uh, in other words, sometimes we have to hit the reset button. Anybody? Any, sometimes we have to go back and reset things. Anybody who's living for Jesus 
will experience these kinds of things from time to time. And, and I want to talk about the passion and the fire of God. Uh, and, and I like starting, I, you know, when we talk about the fire of God, I, I think of Moses. And let's, let's go to uh, Exodus, the third chapter, verses 1 through 14. Boy, I don't have enough time. It says, now Moses was pastoring the flock of, flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and, and he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Oreb, the mountain of God. Interesting. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. That's interesting. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight. Uh, why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. Here I am. Then he said, do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said also, I am the God of your father the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Uh, Then Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have uh, given heed to their cry because of the taskmasters, for I am aware of their sufferings. So I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up uh, from that land to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to a place of the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Amorite and the Prezizite and all the ites. <laughs> now behold, the cry of the sons of Israel has come to me. Furthermore, I have seen the oppression which, which, which the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore, come now. I will send you to Pharaoh. <laughs> Things were going pretty good for Moses up until that point. He says, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. And, but Moses said to, to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? I remember a, a, a mini-series that came out about Moses. I think it was called Moses or something like that. And Ben Kingsley, you know that actor? He was Moses. And he got to this part in, 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 the, in the scene and Ben Kingsley... Playing Moses said, not me, not me, not me. <laughs> Have you ever felt that way? Not me, God. Anybody but me. Why me? Why me? We spend so much of our time asking God to speak to us, and when he does, we get cold feet. We don't want to do it. Not me, not me, not me. And so I guess on his, it's me, oh, it's me, it's me, oh, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. We'd rather sing, it's you, it's you, it's you, oh, Lord, <laughs> standing in the need of prayer. Okay, that's, that's what we would rather do. Where was I? Okay. <laughs> but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to the Pharaoh and, and that I should bring the sons of Israel out? And he said, certainly I will be, God said, certainly I'll be with you. And this will be a sign to you that it's I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Behold, I'm going to the, the, the sons of Israel, and I will say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me. Now they may say to me, What is his name? 
And what shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. (laughs) Man, we could spend so much time there. I look at the book of John and I see I am all over the place. I see I am. I am the bread of life. I am the living word. I am the, the resurrection life. I see the I am everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Okay. I'm not sure it, it, it did a whole lot for Moses in this, in this scene. Well, we see, if we were just to take this, 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 this passage and be exegetical, we would say, what's in this passage? And we would see this. God's presence comes as a result of the calling that, get, that the calls of the people of God. When we, in other words, when the people of God call, he answers. God's presence comes when we call. Have you ever heard a New Testament passage that says, you have not because you ask not? God hears his people and will come as a result of their call, okay? I mean, if we're going to do an exegetical look at this passage, that's what we find, is that God responds when his people call. The second thing we, we find is that, that this fire does not, that, that comes does not consume. This is something about God. Not only does, it, uh, not only does the fire uh, exist, but it does not destroy. It burns, but it does not destroy, it does not consume. But could I say that it even it goes beyond that? It imparts some level, some, some portion of life. Uh, you, you, understand what, you understand what I mean by that? That when you get close to God's fire, something begins to burn in you that does not consume but gives life. An idea, an emotion, desire, something that you, that, that, you, that, you never, that you didn't have until you walked closely with him. Okay. Does that make sense? So can I take it that far when we're going through this kind of exegetically? The next thing I see, that God speaks when Moses turned his attention to the sight. You know? When, when we turn our attention, let me, let me ramp, ramp, run all the way to 2012. When we turn our attention toward God is when he begins to speak. Does that make sense? I mean, I, there have been times, there have been times when I was walking through this sanctuary that God just arrested my attention with a word. You know, and, and we kind of think that's cool, don't we? And that, that is cool. It's usually something that, that involves, I've got something for you, something to do. But most of the time, most of the time, If I want to hear God's voice, it's when I have decided or intentionally stepped aside to look at the fire, to spend some time where I know he is. When I I look at his word, when when I'm intentional about his word, when I'm intentional about his presence in prayer, that's when, um, I'd say 99% of the time is when God speaks. And many of you know that. And that therein lies the keys to why God hasn't spoken to you in a while. All right. This was another, the next thing. 
Okay, let me back up and say that again. God speaks when Moses turned his attention to the site. This was a, the other thing. Another thing is a, this is a holy situation. It involved wonder. Wonder. Wow, a bush is on fire and is not burning up. Wow. Okay. And danger. Moses, take your shoes off. For you're standing on holy ground. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, how often do we stand on holy ground and not know? And not, not, you might say, take that kind of approach. God has become so close and so, so, you know, it's like he's everywhere and we sing about him and, and it's almost like there's no all, there's no holiness. Okay, so we're just kind of going through this passage. Then we find, as Moses has stepped aside, there was a calling when he stepped aside, when he listened, when he, when he, when he says, here am I. There was a calling, there was a message, there was a mission. <laughs> and then there was a struggle, okay? Here's what it is. Then, then comes the struggle when God speaks. And, he, and it says more, like, more than just, oh, what a great guy you are. What a great gal you are. I love you with an everlasting love. We like to hear stuff like that. But eventually it comes down to a place, if we get close enough to him, that he, that he places some calling, some focus, something on our lives. Now, that's when the pushback comes, right? That's always when the pushback comes. That's when Moses began to push back. I mean, I mean God, could have, God could have really worked with him and said, look, are you really happy chasing sheep around in the desert, Moses? They're not even yours. Are you really happy and satisfied? Well, he didn't do that. It might have been not, not, not very exciting, but it was safe. Think about that. Think about that. It wasn't exciting, but it was safe. And then there was a decision. He did, he wrestled, but he went, didn't he? Changed everything. Changed everything. I mean, this guy who, was, who ran, eventually was standing, pushing waves back with this big stick. Okay? I mean, you could read it, and, and, it, and his life became extremely different. Okay? All right, let me, let me slip this slip forward. Let's go to the New Testament real quickly. Because I, I see these as unified. God's doing a thing all the way through. Okay? It says, Matthew, the third chapter, verse, verse 11, goes something like this. John the Baptist, that's the cousin of Jesus, he says, As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me, he's mightier than I am, and I'm not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you. He will immerse you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. See, you've, you've got to understand this, this whole deal is, 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 is all of God's plan. It's all of his plan for, for all of humanity. And here we stand in the last days that, that, that we're the recipients of this final thing that God is doing. I love you too. They're, 
He's great. No, you don't have to take him out. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't bothering me. He was just talking to me. <laughs> He's saying, he says, Pastor, preach. Pastor, tell me about it. Tell me about it. He's good. He's good. There are some we'd say, we, you need to get out of here. That, was, that, was, that little boy's not making much of a noise at all. Anyway, John the Baptist preparing, preparing this thing for, 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 for he says, he says, look, guys, something's getting ready to happen. I'm going to baptize you with water for repentance. And you remember the, the things that, that Lenny Allen said to us when he was here. He talked about the mikvah and, and the purpose of the baptism and all of those things. By the way, Lenny Allen's going to be here on, I think, the first weekend in, in, in October. He's going to bring more. We're going to have more of Lenny and uh, about Israel, Israel and our, our Jewish roots and all that and how this all works together. But he says, I baptize you. In other words, I give you a mikvah to repentance. But there's one who's going to mikvah you with the, bab- with, with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Okay? okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's move all the way to the book of Acts. Because Acts, the first chapter... I'm going to read through here, Acts 1, Acts 1, 1 and 2, because we want to move forward and, and pull this together, and I don't have a whole lot of time. Okay? Acts, the first chapter. Now, this is the end of Jesus' ministry here on the earth in, in his flesh. And uh, actually, it's, 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 it's about the time that he's about to, to ascend. Um, Acts 1, verses 4 and 5. He says, gathering them together, gathering his disciples, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Okay. All right. We find out later in the, in, we, we, see this, uh, we see this fulfilled in the second chapter. Uh, and let me just read this. He says, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues of fire distributed, distributing themselves. And they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave, gave them the utterance. Now, this is not about speaking in tongues. This is about what God was doing. Now, now catch this, catch this. We know, we know that, the, that, that God's presence, God lived in the tabernacle, right? Remember back in the Old Testament? He told Moses, look, I want you to make this. And he, and he, gave, him, he gave him the diagram, told him how to, how, not only how to build it, but, but down to the, the smallest details, the tabernacle, which was kind of like this moving church. They moved it from wherever they went. God, there was this holy of holy presence where God, well, kind of an interesting thing. There was a veil between the, the humanity. In other words, they didn't go in there where God was. But God was there with them. Eventually that, and, and what happened? Now, you've heard me, some of you have heard me say this before, so you, pay, so, so you just kind of give me some grace here. But uh, the, those of you who haven't, here's what happened. On the day that they dedicated that tabernacle, and that's what it was called, the tabernacle, and, and when, the, all, when, the, when, the, when the thing was on the altar, fire fell from heaven and consumed the sacrifice. Okay? That happened again. Later on, 
Many, many years later when Solomon, Solomon, after King David, he said, we're going to build you a temple. This is not going to be a tent that goes, this kind of a rag thing that we drag around all over the desert. We, we're in Jerusalem. We're going to build. And they, they did marble and they did all this beautiful stuff. And then on the day that they, they, they dedicated the temple, Solomon prayed a prayer and fire from, fell from heaven and consumed the sacrifice. There's only a couple of places where this happened. Okay? This was where God lived. Okay? It was at the tabernacle. If you want to go see God, we knew what his address was. It was one Jerusalem street in Jerusalem. That's where the tabernacle, that's where the temple was. If you wanted to see God, that's where he was. Okay? But some other things changed. And you've heard me speak of these. And, 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 and pardon me if I jump all over the scriptures, but, I, but I'm thinking of Ezekiel, I'm thinking about Jeremiah, where God was speaking to his people. He said, there's coming a day. There's coming a day, and, and I'm going to paraphrase this. He says, things are going to change. And I'm going to take your hard, stony heart out. I'm going to replace it with a heart of flesh. And I will put, and I will write my law upon this heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you. Something new, something gracious. He says, I am going to live inside of you. How powerful is that? That's unique. That didn't happen before. The Holy Spirit would come upon people, but he would leave. Jesus speaking to his disciples in the book of John, he he blew on them and said, excuse me. (laughs) I just, (laughs) yeah, he's like, Sorry. <laughs> he blew on He blew on him and he said, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy in anticipation for the day of Pentecost. Now the cool thing is, is like, and people say, well, there was a rushing mighty wind. Okay, now we know the breath of God. We know what God's breath sounds like. Okay, okay. And then there was fire. Well, there'd been fire before, hadn't there? At the tabernacle, where God said, this is my presence. At the, the temple of Solomon, this is my presence. I am here. This is where I live. Now, this is pretty cool. All of a sudden, everyone in that room, fire that did not consume, was on each one of them. Yeah. Okay? And you say, well, why isn't there, why doesn't that happen all Well, it didn't happen in, in the Old Testament. When the, when the tabernacle was dedicated, the fire came. When the, when the temple was dedicated, the fire came. When, 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 the, when, the, when, the, when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, fire came. God was saying, it is I. It is I. It is, this is my place. This is my dwelling place. And you and you and me and all those who would receive Christ, now he lives within us. Now he lives within us. Now you, you catch this. Now you see that God wasn't doing something, just kind of hacking a plan together. He had a plan that, that moved all through, all through history and his people. It's all a part of that. You're just going to have to put up with me. Okay, as we look at this, number one, it's a fire that purifies you. Now when you give your heart to Christ, he comes in, he saves you. But there's a whole lot of stuff that needs to be done. Anybody with, the, with me on that? Says, are you done? Oh, no, no, no. The Holy Spirit within you. The fire within you. 
begins to sanctify you. You know what? That's a, that's a religious word. Begins to kind of, kind of clean you up. Begins, and, and the way this works, and, and I'll just be real, real simple here, is that you'll be, you'll be kind of like, you've given your heart to Christ. You're, you're a Christian. You've, you've said yes to God. You've, you've asked Jesus to come into your life. You've asked him to forgive you of your sins. Okay? And he's done that. And yet, like I said, there's some other things, there's some more work that needs to be done. Whether it was the, the kind of things you read, the kind of language you use, it's the kind of things you consume, da-da-da-da-da, whatever. The Holy Spirit begins, if you get close enough to him, he'll begin to push on you. Right? Okay? That only happens when you get close to him. Okay? He'll begin to push on you and he'll begin to, you know, and, and you'll have a decision to make. You'll have a decision to make. You will have a decision to make. Okay? Just as Moses had a decision to make as he stood by the fire and heard the voice of God, you have the fire within you. And you get close to him. He begins to ignite. He begins to speak to you. Now, this is just kind of a practical expose of, of, of Scripture. He begins to speak to you. You have a decision to make. Do it. Say yes. Say yes to him. Okay? It's a fire that purifies you. Number two, it's a fire to warm your spirit. The scripture says the Holy Spirit is what? A comforter. In a desert place. I mean, I remember the, the, the if you go back to the, 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 the passage where, where, where Israel was walking around in the dirty desert. Just, I mean, they, they don't, don't own any of the land. And they don't know where they're going to be. And they're just kind of walking around out there. And there was a pillar of fire by night. It was cold out there. Not only did it give them uh, the brightness so they could see. It, it, it guided them and warmed them. Okay? There are, whether you know it or not, you walk in a desert dry land, go to work on a regular day, and, 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 and you'll find that, that around you sometimes is, is an assorted array of things that pressure you and, and want to conform you to the world's image. It's a desert place. It's a dry place. It's the, the fire of God is that which warms you and strengthens you. He is the one who's called alongside of you to help and to be with you no matter where you are. Number three. He's a guide to you, okay? The fire always is there to guide. I say the fire of God, you know? You see it in all of its forms and its symbols, the, the pillar of light, the, you know? When, when Moses got close to the, to, the, to, the, to the burning bush, God spoke from it. God spoke through the angel, gave him direction and guidance. Number four, look, I've got too much. Let me just give you this. Okay? I, I, I want you, to, you know, we're talking about standing close enough to the fire. Getting close and near to the fire. We're talking about getting close to God. I, I, I hope no one's, I hope you've got that one by now. Okay? <laughs> getting close to God. And Paul says it this way, and this is for you. Okay? This is for you. And the book, the Romans, give me the Romans passage, brother. It's 12. I love this passage. 
See? This is really about the transforming uh, power of the presence of God. Called the fire, the passion. If you want passion, God's, God's, God's the equipper. He said, therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your, your bodies living and a holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Now, here we... Moses seemed to kind of happen upon God in the wilderness. It seemed to happen upon him, didn't it? Kind of seemed like a catch-as-catch-can. He was out for a walk one day, and he, he runs into God. That's what it looks like, but I, I, I'm certain that God knew exactly where Moses was all the time. We have those instances, our encounters with God. Could I say he knows where you are always? Musicians, if you'll come. He knows where you are. And he speaks to you. And your heart is challenged. Your heart is challenged. You know, uh, you know as, as I look over a, over a, a group of people of this size, I know that they're... There are people who know Jesus. You know Jesus. You've, you've given your heart to Christ. You're, you're Christian. But there's no passion left in your life, maybe. I don't know. Okay? Maybe you're in that place right now where there's no passion, there's no fire. And you're wondering where it went. It never went anywhere. You went someplace. God, was, God is exactly where he was all the time. Accessible to you. Accessible to you. I don't care what your memories, what your mistakes have been. What your mistakes have been. You can, you, you can almost create a theology and say, well, the, you know, that passion is just for brand new Christians. That, that's garbage. God said, I'm the same today, yesterday, and forever. Yeah, I want your passion, God. Yeah. But I find that the only place I get it, when I'm out on my own and I forget about you, and I want to do my own thing, I get cold. God. But I know that when I seek your face, you said, you said in your word, Father, that if I seek you, that I will find you. And I find in in your word uh, many, many places where you say, come to me. Yet I resist that because I'm so busy with the garbage of life. Okay? I'm busy with this, I'm busy with that. Busy planting corn. Busy working in my shop. I got a hundred million things to do every day and I always kind of shove those in front of you, God. And then I wonder why there's no fire in my life. (laughs) Are we in the same room together? We're in the same room. I want, there's good news. There's good news. The fire is still there. The fire is still there. The fire is still there. His fire to purify, to lead, to guide, to strengthen, to give you guidance, still there. I want to, this altar's open.
Stand with me, please. If you want to, you know, I know I'm 10 minutes after. I was going to mess somebody's schedule up really bad. <laughs> this, this, this altar's open. You know, would you just come down? Anybody who will, just wants, I want something from you, God. I just got to have something else from you. You know, is that, is, that, is, is, is that embarrassing to come and say, God, I need you with all of my heart? Is that embarrassing? Is that too hard? If that's too hard, then we're, we're lost already, folks. To cry out to God, whether it's in your pew or it's here, but, 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 but don't we understand that we need Him? We need Him. He gives us life. He gives us direction. He fills our hearts with joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. And we've got to call out to Him. We've got to call out to God in Christ Jesus. Oh, Soldiers open. We're going to worship. We're going to sing. <sighs> Hallelujah. If you're here and you've never given your heart to Jesus, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. As other people are coming and filtering down just to spend some time in prayer, if you've never given your heart to Jesus and you want to do that or it's been a long time and you're just not where you need to be, I want you to come and meet me here, okay? Have the courage to come. We want good stuff for you. God wants good stuff for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come and spend a, spend a season. Talk to Him. Talk to Him. Talk to Him. Let's worship. The rest of us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is the King. <laughs> he is the Deliverer.